podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Engaging in the creative process and making art and healing dolls can help you heal at the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. Valeria Tellez interviews Barb Kobe, the author of The Healing Doll Way, a guided process creating art dolls for self-discovery, awareness, and transformation. Barb Kobe is an award-winning author and artist, teacher, group facilitator, certified creativity coach, and NLP practitioner with a BA in psychology. She specializes in innovative healing and transformation processes using art doll making, visual journaling, and emotional connection through expressive arts activities. She says that making art dolls, feeling dolls, and healing dolls has helped her express her emotions trust her body, mind, and spirit, and develop an intuitive and empathetic connection with herself, nature, and other people. In 2018, she published her book, The Healing Doll Way, a guided process creating art dolls for self-discovery, awareness, and transformation. This book facilitates a process of making at least eight art dolls to help the reader slash maker express emotions using metaphors of the natural world, symbols, and stories. These dolls invite viewers to reflect on their own emotions and feeling expressions, and perhaps create a dialogue with others about how emotional art elicits an empathetic response. She says, making healing dolls will bring out feelings, often ones you think you've hidden or stuffed, When I show one of my dolls that symbolizes a deep healing process about anger, sadness, or fear, the person viewing it will often say, it's too scary or ugly. Often I hear, why would you make such an ugly doll? Despite these first responses, most people are drawn to dolls made from the creator's deep emotional regions. They want to hear the stories and meanings of the dolls. It is her continuing quest to find innovative, artistic ways to create change in herself and others, from a state of pain, numbness, and disease, to one of well-being, continuous growth, and healing. Her ultimate goal is that the viewer and the maker entertain the possibility that making healing and transformative dolls can create positive change and help in dealing with pain, struggle, uncomfortable feelings, and or life challenges. This process can be an opportunity to learn more about yourself, 
Grow in your wisdom, connect with your intuition, and transform an aspect of your life. Meet Barb at barbcoby.com. Here is the interview with Barb Kobe. In your own words, who is Barb Kobe? Um, Barb Kobe is a creativity coach and artist that focuses on art and healing, healing doll maker, healing artist, um, award-winning author, designer, lover, lover of the creative energy and how it can affect our lives. So um, your work, your book is titled The Healing Doll Way, a guided process creating art dolls for self-discovery, awareness, and transformation. So my first question to you had to be this one. What is healing to you, Barb? Healing is is um, multi-layered. Um, most people, when you ask them what healing is, or even people in the healing field will say it's wholeness. Um, I, I, I agree, um, and yet it doesn't really speak enough about what healing is um, for me. Um, it's the closest that I can get to separate it out is body, mind, emotion, and spirit. It has four different layers to it, and they all are important aspects of, um, of healing, uh, especially when you're working with people making art around healing that sometimes you have to separate. Are you focusing on the story you're telling you yourself, which is the mind? Are you expressing an emotion, which is you know part of uh, the feeling aspect of who we are? So the wholeness represents a whole person that has a thinking mind, um, a connection to spirit or soul. We all have emotion. And we all have bodies. So my next question is, what is spirituality to you? What is to be spiritual? At the simplest term about it is a belief, maybe a feeling of that there's something larger than myself, something that I like to call it the animated energy that, that represents uh, that we're living um, in this world. And, and it's a connection. You know, it's not just that we realize it's within us, but it's also outside of us. I think anything that is alive has a, some kind of um, this kind of energy, whether it's human or human or animals, um, but also things that grow, things that breathe. And um, you speak of the inner healer. Talk to me for a moment about that. Well, the... And, um, well, my husband's a chiropractor. So in chiropractic terms, it's it's the innate. It is a part of us that um, that is within us, that, uh, that it, it's most easily understood uh, that if you cut your finger or some part of your body, that it will bleed. And, and yet it will stop bleeding and something will happen inside chemically and energetically that will stop the bleeding and then start the healing process by first, you know, forming a scab and then very slowly creating new cells. The inner healer is just like the drive for me. I'm constantly seeking to understand what that inner healer is and what does it look like. And right now I'm really interested in what happens 
within us in the inner healer as we make art. Do you believe that there is such a thing as being healed, a destination for healing? I think that everybody has. I, I believe, yes, I do. I think what most people um, believe that it has to look a certain way. That uh, I think it's really important to understand the difference between curing and healing. And that everybody has their own agenda, their own ways. I like to call it ways. Um, their own ways of healing that when I work with people, that the dolls and the art that they make is is really an expression of their own way of seeking for healing only as it expresses itself within their own being. So I can't teach you how to um, make something that looks like healing for you. It's a discovery process. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? I think that it's, a, it's about discovering who you are, um, why you're here, um, realizing that it's a process, like a creative process, it's a life process, it's a journey process. Um, some people believe, I believe that we come in with a question about who, who am I and why am I here, and that the entire life experience is an exploration of finding answers to those questions. What do you love most about being in a human body? It's pretty obvious. I absolutely adore being in a <laughs> body so that I can play with, to play. I mean, the bottom line is to play with creativity, to play with ideas, to put puzzle pieces together, to be curious. I mean, if, if I, you were to say, if you took those things away from my body, mind and spirit and soul, emotionally, I wouldn't want to live. It's what it means to be a human being, in a way. That's what it is. It's a reason to be alive. Mm. I recently made a decision that we we know that we were born, we hear this term, that we're born of love, that we come in with the love energy. Yeah. But I also believe that we come in with the creative energy and that it's it's part of the life's goal is to use that creative energy to, for all the discovery that we want to do and then if we can if we can establish a relationship with it i like to think that if we create art that looks like this creative energy and realize that when you make a piece of art there's only one energy that moves through you that you can look at it and say i made this nobody else made it but your ability to make it is your creative power. Do you think all of us actually access this creative power within or some of us reject the idea even? I think that there's two wounds that happen. I've seen it in class over and over again. And one is a creativity wound and the other one is a play wound. Mm. Both of those happen at very young ages when we're being conditioned to survive on the planet by you know, society and our parents. Um, a lot of the creativity wounds happen um, by being put into an education system that doesn't respect or have a teacher that doesn't respect and really honor the creative process. And that then we start giving grades, right? That you get a grade for um, a certain way that you create yourself. The reason I believe this so much is, well, part of it's part of my own, how I re 
parented myself to be a different parent. Um, but now I'm watching my daughter raise my two grandchildren and she's homeschooling them. And I'm watching what is in a creative environment. What does it look like? What does it sound like? And she enters every day in discovery of how she can use her creative energy to teach her children creative ways of learning. It is just stunning to watch the ways that she uses creative energy and then watching the kids get so excited about the lessons mm -hmm. that she creates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it does take time. You know, so parents that work during the day or, or trying to homeschool kids three different ages with three different agendas coming from an education system, it can stress. Um, and yet there's so many creative ways to deal with the stress. So I think it's a trained we're trained not to know it because it's convenient for the system. So I love this that when you talk about creativity and about human beings, that we are born with love and then born to be creative. So these two energies, they are very much connected, love and creativity. And why not to use those two components, those two ways of expression to live? Oh. That's the most magical way to live from my perspective, too. Well, and it, wouldn't it be fun to imagine, I like to think, that if every one of us believed that, what would the world look like? Because cre being creative has a lot of power in it. Yeah. Because you're inviting people to use their imaginations and ask the question, what if? Yes. Right. And, and if we had people get together in gr creative groups and imagine a world as we would, as would, what peaceful, without war, with in people inventing all these new ways to embellish life for, for the whole, you know, for all of us. Wow, of course, mm -hmm. people who don't, who want to control our behavior would not want us to be expressing our creative spirits, right? Does it have anything to do with the patriarchy and the male energy? Of distorted male energy, because we do have both female and male energies. It's about balance, right? I can certainly go down that path of believing that there's a lot of research that's pretty much hidden from a, from most women about um, about that. That there's, um, you know, the heroes in the heroine's journey, right? Yeah. Have you heard of those two terms? Yeah. So maybe the hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah. The, Maureen Mur Murdoch, um, Joseph Campbell wrote The Hero's Journey or wrote about it. Um, Maureen Dur Murdoch is an author who used to argue with Joseph Campbell, and I actually have met her. And she, they would, she would disagree with him about whether The Hero's Journey could be for men and for women. She created a book called The Heroine's Journey. And the basic premise of it is that you, a woman cannot... Well, one, the hero, hero's journey is an outside journey going out to do battle and come home with the princess. The, um, the heroine's journey is an inner journey that a woman must go through to find her soul. And that the woman cannot initiate, have the initiation of going into the journey without first being made conscious that she has been brought up in a system that was patriarchy. And so that creates fear and all kinds of restrictions and 
negations of a woman's power. And so as I watch women and work with women using doll making and healing, you know, I have to work, have to bring that into the conversation is that where have you stopped and why you might have stopped um, creating or knowing how to be creative. And so how it, why it stops is that it's back to the power question is back to the statement is that, that um, people who want to be in control of power and have power over people don't want people underneath them who want power with each other. And so they have to create systems that control that energy because it's a powerful energy. And speaking of power and powerful, what is your definition of power these days? I think it's an it's an energy, you know, certainly we're seeing evidence of it on the planet of certain leaders, especially in the U.S., that um, trying to have power over people, power. It's an interesting concept. What happens to politicians, they get into a powerful system and then they get taken over by power. And I'm not really clear on why that happens. And we could certainly go back and forth and have a conversation and and maybe come up with some insight about it. But for me, power is an energy. There's a developmental stage when then we're growing up that I've studied. I loved studying developmental stages. And it's this, it's the ages between three and six. And it's the time when we learn about emotion and we learn about how powerful we are. And one of my theories is that there's a bunch of three and six-year-olds running the world right now. <laughs> so that's the time when the child starts saying no and yes and no and um, throw, get, and learning about their emotions. And one of the other ways that you control people is to not allow them or teach them about their feelings. And so you have people, and so that you're this invitation to, well, don't be angry, don't be sad, don't be scared. Well, you know, where do you get it? If you have that feeling and you're told not to have it, what do you do with it? Right. Because it's it's not something that, you know, I turn it into visual representations of feeling dolls, but what do you do with it? And what you do is you numb, you stuff it in your body and you you become numb. And so we become these numb, non-thinking, non-feeling non-creative human beings who will um, buy into whatever the system says is okay. And if it's not okay, then the system creates fear and violence, really, when you think about it. Now, in order to control those energies, I think the emotion is just as important um, energy to have as the creative energy. I mean, because feeling, a a powerful, angry feeling can change things. Something that's consciously, if you're aware, awareness is a big piece as we grow up and mature and go through developmental stages, is the aware that I have this power and I I can choose the, the energy of the choice energy. I can choose to use my anger for positive intention. How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book, The Healing Doll Way? Let's see. So when I was in my 40s, I decided to go back to college. 
even before that, when my kids were little, I created little feeling dolls. So I knew about this energetic, creative, emotional energy. But I went back to college because I wanted to degree in psychology. And while I was there, I went to a gallery showing and I saw a showing of um, these dolls and they were like like nothing I'd ever seen before. And they were sculptural, they were fiber, they were emotional, they had stories. So in the process of getting my degree, there was a class I had to take on learning how to write a, a research paper at a college level. And I wrote it on the subject of doll making and healing. And the teacher handed it back a few weeks later and said, I'm not touching this. This is going to be a book someday. Mm, And I'm more of a curriculum designer. I like to take ideas and put it into form to how to teach it. I learned that through a parenting class that I took. And so it became a curriculum quickly. And I showed it to a friend who had just opened a retreat center. And she said, well, why don't you come teach this? And so, you know, I created a something with ground rules, something around, you know, a, the medicine wheel, which was the the original curriculum was based on the four directions and the medicine wheel. And literally watched people make dolls in the class without me telling them how. And that's pretty much where it started. So then it was like this, oh, well, let's see if I, if that, it, will that same outcome show if I do this and do that. And so the curriculum kept developing and developing. And at some point, I took it into a um, publisher, um, self-publishing organization called Beavers Pond Press. And the woman there said, looked at the curriculum and said, this is going to be, a, this is a, already a book. It just needs editing. And so then she introduced me to Angela, who I now call my word whisperer, (laughs) who turned it into a book by asking me questions every time I would, you know, she'd read what I wrote. And then she said, I feel like you have more to say here about (laughs) this. And and sure enough, I go to the the computer and I'd start typing and two paragraphs would show up. (laughs) So it was really is like this journey of life right? that there's certain allies that show up, up in the hero's journey, heroine's journey. And that, so the teacher, there's been key teachers in my life who have showed up, you might say breadcrumbs along the way, who kept nudging me forward. And I think part of, part of life is to know when those allies are showing up and to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And so... So the book took, one would say, 20 years to from the from the inspiration of the feeling dolls and, and going and talking to thousands of kids about feelings. Took 20 years from then until 2018 when the book got published. And then it wasn't long before. It took a year and a half. I was out of books already. And now it's just got a life of its own. And I don't know. It's selling internationally in places that... Every once in a while I find out, you know, oh, it's selling in Guam and it's selling in South America. And I go, wow, <laughs> how? And so it has some kind of universal message. Yeah. And um, and it's a curriculum-ish kind of book. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you can use it as a workbook as you want, if you want to, or you can just read all the stories. One of the things that people say, you're so driven. Yeah, I am driven. <laughs> I am driven to get this kind of workout. But once 
I had the curriculum. I decided to start teaching it online. And at that point, there wasn't Zoom. There wasn't all the stuff we have now. So I used Yahoo groups. And all you had was people messaging each other, email messaging each other and showing pictures. And And it was working there. There was something about the concept that women were making dolls that were healing for them. How did you become, how did you choose, or why did you choose to become a healing doll artist, Barb? It was more of finding the name. It was, you know, it wasn't just being an artist. uh, That emotional piece, the thread of my work is emotion. But then there was a website at the time called um, Art as a Healing Force, and that's what they called the artists that they had in that group. So there was a whole list of artists you could visit, and then they made statements about how their art was healing. And I went, well, I'm, Mm -hmm. and then I also study art therapy and expressive arts therapy, and it just fit. It was kind of like calling myself a healing artist basically means that I focus on making art that has a healing, working with healing energy or healing intention. Do you call this a purpose, the purpose of your life, or something different? Purpose has more of a, I mean, that healing artist is a, is a name for something, but the, my purpose is to f- take this name and how many ways can I take it out into the world? Mm, yeah. So the purpose is, you know, yes, there's something about making art and healing, and if I can't get you to make healing dolls. How else can I get you to get to get involved in your own healing process? You is using whatever I can discover. And so, yes, my work is my work is figurative work. No matter what I do, I always end up putting some kind of figure in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so my commitment to myself has been to do the work first so that I know that I will do a certain creative process and there will be a shift or a change or some might say a healing might happen. I trust this process so deeply that I feel like my purpose is to get the message out. That, And it's, it doesn't have to be me that you learned this from, but I feel like I'm one of the, you know, maybe the the feeling leaders, <laughs> leaders <laughs> um, for the work, for doing the work. Yeah. You know, but it's kind of if you're if you're dealing with addiction, you go to a twelve step program and you have to do the work. If you're dealing with trauma and and trouble dealing with your emotions, you have to do the work. It's we live in a society that says, oh, you have trauma, you have anxiety. Here, take this drug. Right, right. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's not doing the work. You're still mm-hmm. going to end up with that label and living that label. I have an anxious person. I use this antidepressant. Now, again, like I said, I've dealt with anxiety and panic attacks for 13 years. I've made art about it. And I've taken antidepressants. Oh, and I've just, I'm just seeking for all the ways that I can heal from this. Or is there something about this anxiety that is showing up in my life as a story that's important to me 
as I pay attention to what are the symptoms, symptoms that show up, how do I visualize those? How do I express the feelings that I'm feeling so that I get to know myself deeply and then make choices about how I express myself out into the world? So this connection to self, I guess you could say, my life work is about teaching people how to express their emotions in order to discover their inner self. There, that sounds good. So, and that leads to my next question about self-awareness. What are the signs that we are becoming more self-aware? Wow, that's a question I haven't heard before. Well, we know, I know, I know that, you know, this awareness piece of um is connected to knowing ourselves. Right. It's, um, what was the invitation I just read the other day? That when you look in the mirror and you have an awareness that your eyes represent your soul, that changes the whole different way of how you look at yourself. Right. So in awareness, I think, is a learning process. Once you get, it's almost like, you know, this is going to sound odd. It's like getting candy for the first time in your life. You realize that, wow, this feels really good. This tastes really good. And um, you're in a class or you make a piece of art and someone makes a comment. Wow, tell me more about that feeling. And you say something and there's this awareness that comes out of you almost intuitively. And you sit back and my students will go, what did you just say? And I'll go, I don't remember. Because if you allow yourself to be in a state, I'm not sure I'm answering this question, allow yourself to be in this state of awareness or this curiosity, right? Energy of curiosity. I'm so curious about what I want to know next. I don't know what that is. But I do know that there's this rich, creative field out there that can feed me in ways that are better than candy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That is but great. That's kind of why these, these first moments of being aware, you can all see, see it in a child when they, they figure something out for the first time and they put the circle in the circle spot, you know? The, it's almost this delight of, oh, I've learned something. So we're almost at the end and your book, I had so many questions, you wait too many for the time, but uh, would you like to add anything, Barb, before I ask you my final questions? I think intuition is an important piece to consider um, as, a, as a superpower, that it brings, it brings not only a connection to yourself, but it's a, 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 a willingness to open up to your body being a resource for you. Yeah. That there's resources within us that we can discover um, that can lead us to our resiliency and our emotional intelligence. Okay, but that, the intuition, teaching kids about intuition, teaching us about intuition at all of its different developmental stages, right? Yeah. And affirmation. Mm, yeah, I love that. And permission, you know, that who are the permission givers on the planet? You know, the the what the wise guides who you can you can trust that when you go to them, they're gonna tell you the truth and not necessarily 
their truth, but they'll help you figure out your own. What is to be successful to you these days? Well, I used to think it was about money, but it's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, um, it's reaching as many people as I can with my message. It's, uh, success for me would be someone feeling creatively confident and um, trusting their own soul and their own it- intuition to, to play with possibilities. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? No. <laughs> I love that answer. Quick. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am doing exactly what I absolutely love to do. Yeah. If anything, I would wish I'd have more time to be awake. But, you know, as I'm getting older, some of that time, that energy yeah. that slows down a bit. Right. But it's a whole nother learning process. So. Oh, yes. Another mystery um, for this life, sleeping. All the more reason to teach others how to do the work which I've started doing. What is freedom to you? What is to be free? And to be free in my mind, body, and spirit. The freedom to be able to to know what I'm feeling, to express my feelings in creative ways. The freedom to, to speak my truth and teach, be out in the world. I'm doing a lot of what feels like freedom to me, even though I've been constricted in my house, but I tend to be that way anyway. I tend to be more inside, um, creating, but I'm also in my garden. Um, so right now in the winter, it's it's harder for me, but in the garden, I'm creating as much as I am, you know, creating any kind of art as well. So I feel like I have a lot of freedom because I know who I am and I know what makes me happy, what makes me connect up with with people. I, I'm not the kind of person that needs a lot of people in my life in order to feel happy and freedom. I know there are people that are struggling in the world who need that. And the other awareness about that is though, that what COVID has prevented us from doing is what we're finding out is part of being a human being is the connection with other people. And so that restriction has affected our souls and our, but, and, and even um, people's ability to be creative because it takes down the need for connection and our needs affect our ability to feel like we have the power to be who we are and express who we are. You said that in a very confident way. That might be the most empowering phrase we can ever say, which has to do with uh, self-love too, unconditional self-love. It gets that just really quickly. Gets it's gets to learning styles for me. It's another thread of the work. If I'm a visual learner, and I speak in, in I have to draw maps. I have to draw pictures when I'm talking to you. But you might, and even as a processor, I'm a visual processor. Some people are an auditory processor and they need to talk about what they know and feel and believe. And some people have to dance it. You know, there's always different ways. True. True. What a beautiful dance in general in life, this movement, everyone being themselves, being different uh, and in alignment with those deeper truths. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services and future projects, Barb? 
Well, most there's two websites. One is my name, so barbcoby.com. And the other one is is for the book and, and most of my programming. So that's the Healing Dow Way. It's actually www.healingdowway.com. Wonderful. I'll have those listed also under your podcast profile. Thank you so much again for your beautiful presence, peaceful presence, your healing work, your purpose, mission, everything that you do. Thank you. What great questions. Thanks, Valerie. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye for now, Bob. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Barb Kobe and her works, please visit barbkobe.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.